1: This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now.
0: Back in the lab, back at it, another episode of Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. What's shaking, Reggie? Long time no see.
2: I know, man. It seems like the weekend is not enough days. Mm -hmm. But you know what? We're back at it. A little bit of a dreary Monday, but we're going to bring the light to it.
0: Yeah, grind through it. Yes, sir. Great show on deck, getting you all caught up on this weekend's action. Talking some Twins and their impressive nine-game stretch for some of the best teams in baseball, which under the radar Viking could make a big splash this season plus later. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with What Does It Mean. It's all coming up on Superior Sports Talk, but first, save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto's a family-served business serving do-it-yourselfers like Reggie and I for over 20 years. Reliably low prices for every customer from brake parts to tail lamps, even new carpet for your vehicle. Go to rockauto.com today and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us section so they know we sent you. That's rockauto.com. All right, well, let's talk about those twins, shall we? Quick weekend recap. Twins take two or three from the rays. Check this out. Twins five of four in easily their toughest nine-game stretch they've faced, and that was without Joe Ryan, Sonny Gray, and Bailey Ober. Luis Arrise snuck in a grand slam in Saturday's win. Twins made every run count. They win that one six to five. Or is now batting 359, just Ooh. on an absolute tear right now. Byron Buxton had a couple more home runs. How about this stat? Byron Aaron Buxton has hit 44 home runs the last time he grounded out into a double play, according to Aaron Gleeman on Twitter. Good gravy. He leads the team with 17 bombs. Twins end that tough stretch versus the Jays, Yankees, and Rays, still in first place by three games over the Guardians, with their best three arms throwing zero pitches. Let's start there. Twins in first place in the division with reinforcement on the way. What's the overall vibe and outlook of this team thus far if you're a Twins fan after passing that tough litmus test over those last nine games, Reggie?
2: You know what? You got to be encouraged because, you know, they had the streak or the stretch of games, I should say, against like – you know those bottom of the division teams and you know it was a little disappointing how they finished and how they ended up didn't necessarily inspire morale especially when you talked about the the number and the level of injuries that they had going into those series against the Blue Jays against the the Yankees and the Rays but hey they showed up well, like that that was that was about as good as maybe you could hope for. You know what's funny though is even them going five and four, I think some people would probably say maybe they could have even gone six and three or, or seven and two, really, you know, if the pitching would have held up because the bats ended up doing what they were supposed to do. you know yesterday's game we won't talk about that. You know, I don't even know what happened in that I'll game. I'll give you one. You know?
0: give everybody one. Yeah. There
2: you go. Do you even know? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know what happened in that game. But they ended up winning, um, you know, a series that really you just didn't know if they had, had it in them to do, which was interesting, you know, coming off the disappointment of losing two of three to the Yankees, even though they played well, um, especially when you talk about the bats in that series against the Yankees. They hit, you know, they, they call them the Bronx Bombers, You know, the the Twin Cities Bombers showed up in that series against the Yankees, but they only had one win to show for it. And you're just like, dang, man, if that's going to be the case, how are they going to keep up? And they end up just slugging the Rays. And and shoot, the the Rays had just come off a series against, you know, I believe a good team, the Cardinals. You know, I'm from St. Louis. That's my squad. They beat up on the Cardinals. And then they come into this series against the Twins, you know, and you're just like, oh, man, here we go. And the first two nights, bam, Byron Buxton bombs. And, you know, you got Luis Arise doing his thing. Like, that's exciting. To go five and four is like, yeah, maybe you would have hoped that they would have gotten a, a few more wins out of that. But, I mean, to finish that nine game stretch, you know, above 500 and you're still in the lead in the division. Hey, the, the White Sox seem to be imploding. People are calling for Tony La Russa's head. And, you know, the Guardians are, are, are doing their thing. You, I, I still don't know how much, you know, you trust them. You can really believe in them. But them doing their thing like that, you know, they, they, they give the Twins a little bit of motivation to keep it pushing and to keep, you know, keep them off their heels a bit. And it should be exciting, you know, as things go along and they do get some of that starting pitching back. And you hope, you know, that that starting pitching can continue to be what they were before they went out with the injury. Joe Ryan looked good in his triple A rehab start. And you're like, okay, cool, cool. Bring that same energy when you come back up to the bigs, brother. Um, and you hope Sunny Gray heals from that peck injury and Ober comes back and, and, you know, pitches well. And you're excited about what the Twins can do um headed into this summer stretch.
0: Yeah, something about Minnesota summers always a little bit more special and magical in the Twin Cities when the Twins I'm just having a little bit more fun, man. Lot to like right now. Twins finally putting it all together. Something we've been waiting to see with the pitching and hitting showing up consistently on the same nights. ESPN's latest article highlighted every playoff contender's biggest strength. For the Twins, it's getting after opposing starting pitching, saying, quote, Basically, the Twins hit like the Yankees the first six innings. If they can figure out how to solve bullpens, they can start to pull away from the AL Central even more. Reggie, we said at the beginning of the year, hitting should never really be the problem. A lot of fun right. to see them ball out, though, against some really good starters this past week, specifically guys like Nestor Cortez and the Yankees. But they've been known to quiet down in the middle to the late innings versus opposing relievers. What's up with that? I thought it was supposed to be the other way around. How do you put your thumb on that one?
2: I think they come out juiced up. They're just like, look, we got to get after it. We got to get after these guys and and really kind of make our mark. And then sometimes during the middle innings, you know, things just kind of, I wouldn't say go left. They just Mm kind of simmer a little Mm -hmm. bit. And, you know, sometimes it's tough, you know, to keep that same energy. Sometimes you're a little bit eager. As well, and, and maybe too eager to get after it, and and maybe you're you're swinging at pitches that you have no business swinging at, and you know you just you're just a little overzealous in the batter's box, and you know those things happen, ebb and flow of games, and you know you do have to respect the the other team's pitching as well, and they they do what they have to do to get guys out. But what's encouraging, though, is man, that Yankee starting pitching in in a one-two-three order in that oh. in that uh, series, they may not see better starting pitching in back-to-back-to-back games for the rest of the season, honestly. And to come away with, I think it was four runs against Tyone, and then you <laughs> you tag uh, Nasty Nestor yeah. for like seven, then you tag Garrett Cole. For about seven, and you're just like, "Wow!" Like these guys haven't given up these this many runs all season, and all of a sudden the Twins come in, and they're rocking them. And so I think that's very encouraging to see that the Twins ain't You You send out your best starting pitcher and we're coming out to rock him. I think that gives them a lot of encouragement. That gives them a lot of confidence moving forward. That they feel like no matter who they play, no matter what the series is, that they're going to be in it because these bats always rise to the occasion.
0: Yeah, really good point. Again, facing that Yankees starting one, two, three, because even though they only went one of two, they lose the series. We were left after that series going, yeah, but. I think we can hang with the big boys. I think Mm -hmm. we can hang with the best of the best. We are legit enough to go out and try to trade for a stud reliever, another pitcher, because after that series, knowing what we did against those starters, you start to push your chips a little bit more all in in the middle of the table. First 60 games are in the books. Twins are 35 and 27 with reinforcements on the way. That's a 92-win pace. MLB.com reporting Joe Ryan will be back as early as Tuesday or Wednesday this week. Plenty to be encouraged about. And I think Twins fans just want to sit back and enjoy the ride here and see where it takes them. Twins travel to Seattle for a three-game series tonight. Late game, West Coast, first pitch, 9-10 p.m. Chris Archer on the mound for the Twins. Coming up, we're talking which under-the-radar Vikings could have a splash in 2022 and later. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. But first, our partners at BetOnline continue to be your number one source for all your betting needs. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports info, including this year's basketball finals, Major League Baseball fights, and even NFL futures. Hey, Reggie. Throw a 20 spot on the Twinkies for me, man. Come on, I'll pay you back, man. I can't let the wife know. Come on, real quick. Come on, man, I'm good for it. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online. It's where the game starts.
1: This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found...
0: Last season heading into camp, the Vikings kicking job was between Greg Joseph, the Wiley Vet, and Riley Patterson, a rookie out of Memphis. Joseph obviously went on to beat Patterson. He was pretty solid by most regards, 83% from field goal range, hit a couple big kicks, also missed a couple big kicks this year it was supposed to be a similar storyline joseph versus another young undrafted but highly touted kicking prospect in oklahoma's Greg burkage however the team waived him this weekend and now it's a one-man race for the starting job to me while joseph was solid he showed the leg to hit from 50 plus consistently he led the nfl in touchback percentage etc etc I can't sit here and say he blew me away enough by any means and certainly didn't show enough to warrant him having no competition through training camp. So what's the play here? I mean, Vikings have to have a plan to bring in another leg by the time camp starts, you would think, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, their special teams coach talked about how, you know, there's going to be competition all over the -hmm. the field. When it comes to that special teams unit and Greg Joseph is no different. You know, they signed him, you know, to the to the one year deal you know, to keep him going as the kicker. And I think they have confidence in him. And, and Greg Joseph has showed that he is a, a good kicker, you know, uh, beyond 50 yards, the dude is money. You yep. know what I mean? Like, but then when it, when it comes to some of those easier or some of those more makeable kicks, I think sometimes he might get in his head a little bit about making those, but we've seen him make some big kicks, you know, uh, I'm thinking about that game against the lions, uh, at home mm-hmm. he made the big kick you know i i think it's just interesting because you know kickers are are interesting guys man like they kind of have to clear their mind out they're almost like um
0: like a golfer or something yeah like, almost mental you know yeah I mean? it's mental,
2: like right they have to take themselves to a, a different place like they're almost like they have to be like an assassin, you know right. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like someone that just goes to an unconscious place mm-hmm. and just does their thing. I think you know, <laughs> Justin Tucker is one of the the best examples of guys that just block out the noise, go out there and kick, and just do it day in and day out. I mean, Tucker beat the the Vikings last season like it was nothing. And it was so anticlimactic when he did it as well. Minnesota fans were just like, man, why can't we get a guy like that? And, you know, and you're just like, yeah, you, you did. He's well, you in Las Vegas it. right now. Right. And, and so it's interesting that, that you know, they, they have to have some level of patience with these kickers as well to allow them to just kind of work it out. And it's just so funny. Like, I think Mike Zimmer kind of learned his lesson with – you know, having too quick of a hook with uh Carlson. And you're just like, oh, okay, well, you know, you just got to give Joseph the benefit of the doubt. And like I said, I do think that Joseph is, is a good kicker. But it's interesting. It's like he's not Kirk Cousins out there. You know what I mean? Like you don't bring a quarterback in to challenge Kirk Cousins.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He's the unquestioned starter of this football team. And, okay, maybe you say, all right, Greg Joseph is the unquestioned starter of, you know, the kicking unit. But at the same time, it's not bad to bring in some competition just so he can just kind of feel a little bit of the pressure a little bit. Everybody else is out there competing at training camp. Like, why shouldn't he have to do the same? Because if you're a little lax, if you're too, you know, you know, just comfortable back there, right. it could be an issue where – you know maybe you're not taking it as seriously and look he's a professional so you don't expect that to be the case but you know having a little competition having a little fire underneath you having you know a little extra motivation is never a bad thing for a kicker I feel like
0: yeah hey iron sharpens iron I mean that competition brings out the best in everyone Joseph struggled out the gate last year and you're thinking Oh, no, here we go again. Another yeah. lost season because of kicking woes. But he did end up bouncing back and finishing strong. Again, mm-hmm. led the NFL in touchback percentage, as mentioned, and just kind of got better as the season went on. They go on to give him a one-year tender, as you mentioned, worth $2.4 million. So, mm-hmm. I mean, not breaking the bank, but for a kicker, I mean, no joke. Not bad, Shows yeah. Joe's commitment. Having said all that, you still got to believe someone else will be brought into the mix just to breathe down his neck a little bit at minimum and, again, bring out the best in all parties involved. All. All All right, CBS Sports highlighted one under-the-radar player for every NFC team, and for the Vikings... It was sophomore guard Wyatt Davis, who was buried on Mike Zimmer's depth chart, never saw the field. Even in a pinch, it was Kyle Hinton who took first-team reps over Mm. Davis, a big surprise to a lot of people. But Wyatt was highly touted out of Ohio State. I mean, what more can you say? With a fresh regime and coaching staff, could make some noise and shake things up in this often-talked-about right guard battle as really the one and only starting position left to see who comes out on top.
2: You know what's interesting is Mike Zimmer was not all that partial to young guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
2: so that didn't really fare well, even Mm -hmm. though he was a, you know, a top, you know, third, you know, third third round round pick. pick. Like, I think what's interesting is, you know, this coaching staff and this new regime has come in and really kind of made it to where it's like, look, they don't think that the roster was the problem per se they just felt like maybe there needs to be a new voice coming in to motivate them a little bit differently, to get a little bit more out of them. And, you know, Wyatt Davis coming into another season, you know, he's he's got NFL experience under his belt. He knows how, you know, to go through an NFL season now. And, you know, I'm looking at some of the roster here. When it comes to guard, you had Ezra Cleveland, who played a considerable amount last year. And then you you got Hinton, as you mentioned. You drafted Ed Ingram this year. And then you got Udo. And you signed Austin Schloppman, who is kind of like a swing center guard. And so now you have to figure out, you know, who's your best guy? When Kevin O'Connell took the job, he was asked about the offensive line, and he said that the offensive line was a position that really intrigued him and was, as he said, one of the biggest reasons that excited him about coming and taking over this offense. And so now you have a chance to breathe a little bit of competition there. And coaches love that, you know, especially with the new coaching staff and a new regime. Like, there are not very many positions that are, like, set in stone. You know, you think about the cornerback spot. You're going to probably put Patrick Peterson out there. Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks, you know, Daniil, Zadarius. Nobody's really touching J.J., Thielen, uh, Dalvin Cook, uh, K.J. Osborne, Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins. Like, nobody is really touching those guys. But – Some of those places where you have a chance to have a little bit of competition there just to see who's going to win out more, like, you will put Wyatt Davis up in there. You know what I mean? To see what he can do and to see how he responds to some competition that he probably really hasn't seen since his Ohio State days. And so you draft a guy in the third round because you think he has some potential. Give him a chance to earn a spot and watch him work. And I think that's what this coaching staff is going to do.
0: As you mentioned, all those starters are kind of cemented in stone, but it's the NFL, man. Injuries Mm -hmm. take place every week. So that's why you got to have these second and third team battles, continuing to do work, competing with one another, and be ready to step on the field at any given notice because you never know in the NFL when your number is going to get called. But as far as Davis goes, this one's hard for me because two years ago – I was on Wyatt Davis as a possible first-round pick. You know I'm a big draft guy. He was highly Mm -hmm. touted. He was coming off a great season at Ohio State. Unanimous All-American for the Buckeyes and winner of the Remington Pace Award given to the best offensive lineman in the country. Mm -hmm. Not Penny Sewell, not Rashawn Slater, not Christian Derrissaw. It was Wyatt Davis. So he gets drafted in the third round, creates a lot of excitement for Vikings fans, and Mm -hmm. then... Crickets? I mean, absolutely nothing. So you're thinking, well, new coaching staff now, he'll get his chance, but since then, all the team has done is not sign, not one, but two more interior linemen in Chris Reed and Jesse Davis. And as you mentioned, not only used a draft pick at Ed Engram, but a second rounder. I mean, that's no joke. That's a high investment. So you got to assume Ed Engram will be the front runner by coaches to get every opportunity to win that starting spot by season's end and be the long-term starter there. But I do like how CBS highlighted him. He's getting a little love here. And I'm certainly keeping tabs on him because I think the talent's all there. I mean, it didn't just go away from college. So this road, for him to the starting job. While it's a lot more difficult and if he couldn't win it outright last year, it's hard to assume he's going to be able to do it this year Mm -hmm. with three more bodies standing in his way but it is fun to again to kind of look at some of these second and third team battles because this is the one and only real starting position up for grabs. All right, just two months until Vikings play a real football game, taking on the Raiders August 14th, week one of the preseason, just five weeks before the start of training camp, which takes place at TCO facilities. The calm before the storm is happening now. All right, the time has come. My favorite segments here, I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean, covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports. First up... Twins shortstop Royce Lewis going under the knife once again. He's going to miss all of 22 with another ACL surgery. What does it mean for Lewis's long-term future now, ending both back-to-back seasons on the shelf with the same knee injury? And how aggressive should the Twins be to retain Carlos Correa for at least 2023, if not beyond?
2: This is a tough one, man, because – So many people were excited about Royce Lewis, and he showed them why with how he played. Like, the dude was electric out there, and that came like a gut punch last week. Like, all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, it was just like, boom, he's done. And nobody really knew the extent of the injury. Like, it was kind of hush. You know, you saw him lipping off the field. You know, he was in quite a considerable amount of pain after he crashed into the wall and he grabbed the knee immediately. And you're thinking like, you know, he probably hyperextended it or, you know, something to that nature. But I don't think anybody was thinking maybe like, you know, severe, you know, tear or anything like that. And so, you know, even the, the tough part is like, even though it's a partial you know, you still got to get that full reconstructive Mm -hmm. surgery because, like, you can't play on a partial tear. It's a little bit different from an elbow. You know, you've kind of seen some guys that, you know, are pitching have a partial tear of the UCL, and they get, like, the platelet-rich plasma treatment and, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit of rest and all that stuff, and they go ahead and they play. Like uh, Paul George last year, He had a partially torn UCL in his elbow, and he rested it for about three months or something like that. Came back, was able to play in the playoff or the the play-in game, and and he played well. And we've seen it. But with the ACL, when you partially tear it, that's it. Like, you, you need to have the reconstructive surgery, and that's the tough part about it, man. Like, he was playing well. He was actually pushing it to the point where you're just like, wow, like, hmm. Maybe Correa, like, if he decides that he wants to go elsewhere, then good riddance. Like, we should be cool. And what's tough is, is, like, he's going on the shelf. And now, all of a sudden, Correa is starting to heat up a little bit. And you're just like, hmm. And so it's like, it's tough. Because it's like, well, do you want to gamble on a guy who is recovering from his second straight ACL tear in the same knee? You would hope that he comes back. You know, it, it it reminds me, I was telling someone that I worked with the other day, uh, Thomas Davis with the Carolina Panthers, the dude Ooh. tore his ACL like yeah. five or six times, yeah. came back and still was like an God. elite linebacker in the league. And so you would hope, especially with modern medicine, that mm-hmm. you know he can come back from a second torn ACL and be okay. But you also look at guys like Todd Gurley. He only had one ACL injury. And, you know, at first, he was doing well. And now you're talking about a guy who's out of the league and still in his 20s. Right. Because the ACL injury just kind of caused a little bit more static in that knee. And, you know, so you just really don't know how to really tell how he's going to come back and respond to this. You hope that, you know, he's going to get it cleaned up and get it repaired and comes back and, and does his thing. But you just kind of don't know. You know what I mean? And so... I guess if you're looking at it from a logical standpoint you still go all in on Correa if you can because he's a known proven commodity. But as you saw, maybe don't put Royce Lewis out in center field again. Right. But there could be another <laughs> there could be another position that maybe you try to slide Royce Lewis in, maybe at second or maybe at third or you know, please don't put him in the outfield anymore. Don't do that. And maybe you just try to see if maybe he could do that for a bit just to kind of get him in there because the guy is an exciting player but first you just have to make sure he's healthy and you just don't know that yet.
0: The Twins started with like this embarrassment of riches at shortstop. Yeah. We got two number 1 overall picks in yeah. Royce Lewis, backing up Carlos Correa, and now all of a sudden with Royce Lewis out, you know, paranoia starts to creep in your the back of your mind like, well, what if Correa bounces out after next year? Like what's going to happen? You go from an embarrassment of riches to Man, a lot of question marks at shortstop. Everything that revolves around this ACL is not what it used to be 10, 15, 20 years ago. Guy used to tear his ACL. I mean, that was it. That was the end of their career. Now, instead of 12 months full rehab, 8 or 9 months some of these guys are coming back. Sometimes even better than ever. Seeing if there is a future for him at another position, I think, is going to be huge for sure. Tough, tough news, though, man, to hear that. Not another season-ending injury. Just a tough blow for the uh, former number one overall pick for the Twins. Next one up, what does it mean? Steph Curry exploded for 43 points, willed the Warriors to a win in Game 4. Now, in a best-of-three series, just how worried are you if you're the Celtics who claim they're remaining very confident heading into Game 5?
2: I don't think they're worried at all. It doesn't seem like it. Yeah, they've responded well to these losses in this series. Well, to the, the first loss they responded really well to. And you kind of look at it. The games that they have lost, they have not scored 100 points Mm -hmm. in a game. And you're just like, okay, like, hmm. And then the games that they've won, they've really just kind of dominated the Warriors. And so you look at the last game, they needed all 43 of those points from Steph Curry because nobody else was really giving him a whole lot of help. You know, outside of maybe Andrew Wiggins, you know, Clay made a few shots, but they got nothing from Draymond. They continue to get nothing from Draymond. And I think the Celtics are a confident bunch. They've been through the fire during this playoffs. And I think this is just another installment of some fire that they're having to deal with. And they were pretty much, you know, sticking with the Warriors in that game until really late when Steph just really just started to just cook them up and I think in all of these games really they've they've kind of been in it until you know that 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 game two when they lost that third quarter microwave they just got cooked and and they you know didn't respond to that and then you know in this last game Curry just cooked them like that and it was Steph it was Mm. Steph being Steph and so moving forward you know, I'm not sure how much you can really expect Steph to do that again. Like, if you want 40-plus points from Steph in the rest of these remaining finals games, like, if he does that, like, it's like, okay, yeah, just, you know, let him, let him cook. Let the chef cook. But I don't know if it's very realistic to expect him to have a game like that again. And I also don't know if it's realistic to expect, you know, Tatum to be tamed. Mm. And, you know, uh, Jalen Brown to be relatively tamed. Like, these guys have a lot of talent. These guys have a lot of ability on the boards as well, you know, getting second chance points and things like that. And they just have this grit about them. Like, they're they're not too easily moved. I think in years past, that's kind of been their their thing that, you know, they go against the team and, you know, that team just kind of dominates them and, and they don't respond. But this team has been through the fire, like I said, and they know how to respond when they get down. And I think, you know, Udoka's going to have them ready to play. And I just don't expect them to have a similar type of game to the last game. I actually think that they probably come out tonight and win the game, to be honest with you, because that's just how they have responded in this series. And, you know, it, it's not – it's not certain for me that, you know, this thing is is tilting in the Warriors' favor because, like, the Warriors needed all of Steph's production to be able to win that game. And it seems like they need – the Warriors need to have, like – a near flawless game from at least like one or two of their superstars to win because like that whole like full unit of basketball that we're used to them playing where everybody's getting involved everybody's making shots you just haven't seen that on a consistent basis in this finals and what you have seen is the Celtics ability to bounce back and I think maybe you lean more on that than you do on the Warriors' ability. I mean, the Warriors do have a little bit of a pedigree, not necessarily the same cast of characters, but Draymond, Clay, and Steph have been there the whole time. And so, you know, you lean on that, championship pedigree from that group but if you're not getting much from draymond and you're not getting what you need out of clay and it just all falls on steph we've just kind of seen that that doesn't work
0: if the celtics win this championship that's the story right there resiliency they have Mm -hmm. bounced back when their back has been against the wall time and time again throughout this entire playoffs their road to the championship and ultimately to hoist that trophy at the end is just one of the toughest gauntlets any team Uh, it would just just being unbelievable, just kind of underdog start gritty, true gritty. Mm -hmm. I mean, clawing their way through the entire playoffs and then through the Warriors as well to cap it all off. What more could you ask for? Going to be a lot of fun and exciting tip-off tonight, Game 5, 8 p.m. Rest assured, Reggie and I will be back here tomorrow to break all that down. Speaking of NBA, remember we did that flashback Friday bit last Mm -hmm. Friday talking about Magic Johnson, his time among the greats Stirred up a little healthy debate and conversations on Twitter. People bringing up Larry Bird. Remember, his career was cut a little bit short. (laughs) He deserves to be in the all-time great convo. Dr. J was brought up. Wilt Chamberlain, people talking about he had the best jump shot little fadeaway in nba history i did a little digging i didn't realize will chamberlain actually not that great of a free throw shooter but the night he broke 100 points he went 28 of 32 if you missed that flashback friday blast from the past segment check that out up on the superior sports youtube page all right reggie that's a wrap we're back here tomorrow breaking down more Twins, Vikings, plenty more. Remember to like, rate, review, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV and on CARE11 every night. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota for Reggie I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out.
2: Be blessed. Spread love this week.
1: This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.